All right. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to awesome.com's On the Contrary, Week 8 edition. Taking a contrarian look at things as we always do on this show every Friday at 11 a.m. I'm Dave Lochran on the Twitters at Lafayette underscore D. Joined by Alex Baker, hanging out in beautiful Miami, Florida at Awesome ODFS. What's good, brother? What's up, guys? Yeah, playing DFS down in Miami hits a little bit different. I'll tell you, uh, last night I sweat in the game. That was a crazy one. I was hanging out with this guy that whistles go woo, and he's he almost won a million bucks, but came a little short. So it was a wild night. But uh, the best thing about NFL is we got another chance to win a million bucks on Sunday. So it should be a good one. And, uh, of course, joining us for the second time this season. We love having him on. Brian Hooper, you might know him as Brick75. I think it's Brian Hooper underscore underscore on Twitter, which is, you know, all right, just remember, double underscore. You can check out all his work at Brick75.com. That's B-R-I-C, no K, 75.com. And the LOLS podcast, L-O-L-Z, all caps, of course, with Pete Overzet. What's going on, brother? Not much. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, absolutely. So, um... Alex, Jay Booty, is he being contrarian by not wearing a hat? Nah, man, went out and got a haircut this morning, a little skin <laughs> at 9 a.m. And uh, five sheriffs popped up in the barber's uh, barber shop looking for somebody. And, you know, Yo. even when it, Alex, even when you know they're not coming for you, there's always that <laughs> feeling like, did I do something? You know what I mean? Like, it, I'm waiting for, is there a Dave Lockeran in here? You know, because they came barging in, looking for people, brought them into the back. Apparently, a guy that used to work there had a warrant out for him for uh, trafficking uh, narcotics. So, yeah, it was wow. an eventful morning. <laughs> That's wild, man. Uh, I, I can I, I imagine it must have affected your haircut because I know you went in there and being like, I need that Mark Davis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Brian, did you see the Photoshop the guy did or the, the girl did of, of Alex with the Mark Davis haircut? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, that one. <laughs> and, and on our show, we talked about there was a. Uh, one with Alex photoshopped in a hot tub too, I believe. Oh, that's good stuff. Yeah. yeah I mean, whoever's doing that, I, I'm not, I don't remember. I, I'll give them credit next show, but uh, yeah, we're giving out, we're going to give people, people volunteered to do it for a uh, free awesome. O plus to do the Mark Davis haircut and come on a stream. So I don't know. Says something good about our tools, right, Alex? <laughs> yeah. I think uh, a sub is worth the Mark Davis haircut for sure. But uh, Brian, man, uh, you always do great interviews on your show. And I had a couple of questions about this interview uh, you had with Chess is OK, because oh. uh, you guys definitely aren't afraid to talk about some tough issues. First thing, he said that to be a good like DFS pro, you need to grind 80 hours a week. I was just wondering, like, how you feel about that? Well, he didn't say 80 hours a week for DFS pro. He said 80 hours a week for NBA. Oh, God. Uh, I th- uh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of push back on him. I'm like, I think that's a little, especially for NBA, you guys know, like there's so much news in the last 45 minutes or whatever. It's like everything you did at when you started working at 11 a.m. or whatever, like it might just be worthless. So 80 hours seems a little extreme to me. But then Blender did a podcast with uh, Petty Theft, who's who's uh, also an excellent NBA DFS player. We've had him on here a couple of times. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. He said, and he's came on our show too. He said, he says he puts in 80 hours a week. Wow. So maybe we, I'm just slacking. I don't know, Alex. Uh, I think <laughs> I heard you say on one of Pete's shows that that's a little high for you too. Yeah, I mean, dude, like if you do the math, that's like 11 and a half hours a day on fantasy. <laughs> like, I love fantasy. I don't love it to the point where I'm like, yo, Nina, my wife, like, I can't hang out. I got to do 80 hours a week of fantasy. It probably wouldn't go over that well anyway. But uh, I mean, like, one of the nice things, like, today is you can leverage a lot of the stuff everyone else is doing. You know, watch a couple podcasts, you can kind of get up to speed, and you got all these tools at your disposal. So, like the more you can leverage all these like resources, the less you have to to work on your own. And like, there's other ways to get an edge than trying to figure out who's going to play one more minute than the sites have them projected for. Yes, definitely. I think I think they would push back and say we're doing a little bit more than that. But that's what I'm picturing. <laughs> they're spending 50 minutes. Like, will LeBron get 36 or 36 and a half? <laughs> so, uh, I mean, but for me, it was, it's always the time spent is like, um, 
building out my, like my process and like my, the tools I use for myself, or if you make your own projections, like that stuff all takes a lot of time and, and thinking and coming up with stuff, but yeah, coming up with, um, like studying the slate every day for 80 hours. Like, no, that's not, I, I probably wouldn't play DFS if I had to do that. No, no, Alex, you'd be divorced as quick as you got married. <laughs> yeah. And like, the funny thing is like, okay, so you're doing the math here. Lock uh, on the West coast where petty theft is at, is at 4 PM. So for him to put in 11 hours on a slate, he would have to start at like 5 AM. Without with, with with no breaks though, like, <laughs> yeah. you, maybe you he's counting away slots. That's a lot anyway, of time. One, one other question I had is, uh, you know, you got uh, James was throwing a lot of shade on the show, and I, I feel like you never had an opportunity to call anyone out yourself. Is there anyone <laughs> that you want to call out? Um, Megan Joy. I just want to compliment her. Actually, I. I She's probably the best female DFS player uh, g- currently going. I'm assuming we're assuming female based on the name. I guess that could be wrong. Uh, but yeah, we if anyone knows how to contact her and she would like or he would like to come on our show, please uh, tag me on Twitter. Well, wow, that's the nicest call out I've ever heard. Also, <laughs> Megan, if uh, if you're ever watching this, you know, hit us up. Put you in touch with Brian. Um, one question I had. Like, I feel like uh, maybe you'd be mad at Hoop2410 because everyone calls him Hoop, and therefore you can't use that as your nickname. Right, which is Hard why hitting I changed question. My, my <laughs> <name>. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't. I, he, he's, he's welcome to Hoop2410. I'm, I'm <laughs> glad he has it. So you don't hate him. Is I what don't. <laughs> All right, let's dive into this one. Again, you can follow Brian at uh, Brian Hooper underscore underscore uh, brick75.com and the, and the Laws podcast if you're just drop, uh, jumping in now. And hit that thumbs up. Happy to have everybody with us on a Friday morning. If you haven't done so yet, only takes a second. And you know it. We'll always be free here on YouTube. All of our YouTube content, always 100% of the time, everything here will be free. We'll never dumb it down. We'll never hold back. But if you enjoy it, and you want to see more and help us combat the uh, overlords here at YouTube and the algorithms, well, thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Help us get the 70K. Uh, and last thing, if you want to join, get the custom emojis, the sweet badges and uh, shout outs, of course, and priority questions, all of that good stuff. You don't have to. No big deal. It doesn't affect me. But you want to become part of the team? Hit that join button down below and get those sweet badges you see in there in chat and all those custom emojis like Alex and uh, myself and Adam and everybody else. So. All right, let's dive into it. Uh, Brian, we'll go to you first. I, I, I am curious how you approach, and we saw this last week with the 10-game slate. This is a 12-game slate, a little bit different. But I am curious how you approach a, a game or, or games, multiple games, as my dog loses her shit in the background, uh, multiple games where you've got a team that's a huge favorite. I, are you willing to go full-out onslaught with no runbacks? And we can dive deeper into this with the Rams and stuff, but – like, how do you approach that when a team on the other side just has very little touchdown equity, but the team they're facing has like a 30 plus point total? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not afraid to play those games, like cause especially we're trying to get we're trying to get lucky. You know, I know we're all <laughs> working hard to, to to predict the future, but a 80 lot of hours this, a week, man. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, it's it, it's it's but it's tough to be exactly right. So like when you know, these rare outcomes happen, it can, it could benefit you. So like if the spread is, you know, whatever, 10 or something like that, or 12, but the other team actually hangs in there, it could actually benefit you. So like last week, this is, there's still tons of randomness in this because last week, Detroit Rams, I watched the beginning of that game. There was um, a uh, quick uh, swift touchdown followed up by an onsides kick, right? I don't know if you guys saw that. So there's yeah. an onsides kick, you know. And, yeah, Dan and then, Campbell's a madman, and I love him. <laughs> and then they get, and they kick the field goal. So they're down 10 nothing. Half a quarter was wasted, though. So it, it's it's good that, okay, now the Rams are actually going to be passing a lot, and I was heavy on the Rams. But they lost half a quarter, right? And and now I was also heavy on uh, Henderson, too. So it's like, okay, well, he might now he's not going to get those free extra six or seven rushes at the end of the game when they're up by 
18 or something. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's a give and take. Um, but it, I'm definitely not afraid of it. Yeah, no question. And Alex, I'm actually really looking forward later in the show, getting into like how we, how we approach running backs on these teams with monster totals. You know, the obvious answer is you play them, right? But what about people that are in single entry or three max where, you know, they might love a Daryl Henderson, but also a Cooper cup and stuff like that. And feel like maybe they want to get exposure to that game everywhere. But um, I know Brick said this, and, and I think you agreed with him last time he was on that you're not always compelled to have a you know standard run back on every team. And maybe that's a blind spot that, that the industry's had for years now, where it's like if you're stacking a team, you have to have a run back. Yeah, definitely. So uh, the run back, you're really hoping that like a team that is a big favorite stays in the game uh, where, where they still have to pass like with the Rams last week where Matthew Stafford had a big game because the Lions put up some points. The worry this week is, uh, I mean, it's the same basic scenario where they're facing Houston, uh, but if Houston doesn't put up those points and maybe the Rams run the ball more and your stack doesn't get there. So uh, that's where you want to have a run back is when you, you're really needing the other team to exceed expectations to stay in the game. But if you flip it around and you're picking Houston, uh, maybe not the best example, but uh, the, Brandon Cooks could have a huge game and then the Rams do well, but no individual player like breaks the slate. So because those guys are expensive, if you fade Henderson and you go to um, you go to Swift for per se, uh, and the Rams have a good day. Henderson gets like 20, but then Swift goes off. I mean, that's a pretty good pivot. So that's kind of that, that analysis that you want to be doing. All right. So Brian, let's actually dive into, to, to this Rams game a little bit further and, and, and talk about how we can approach this. Now that we kind of got the foundation laid out, You've got Daryl Henderson on DraftKings specifically, who is, I mean, I think we'd all agree that the, the, the salary on him this week, given the total and given his workload, seems pretty low. But then you have Cooper Cup, who has multiple touchdowns in literally more than half of his games this year. Um, Robert Woods, obviously, all that preseason hype hasn't necessarily come to fruition, but he's still on a good team in a high-passing volume offense. Tyler Higby. Then you've got guys like Van Jefferson that pop off once in a while, Deshaun Jackson. Uh, how are you getting to this game in terms of like running back wide receiver with Stafford? Cause that actually won a tournament the other week Henderson had that receiving touchdown. Uh, will you go running back wide receiver without Stafford in some of these? Um, what are your thoughts for, for the Rams this week is monster favorites against an awful Houston team. I'm going to, well, you know, it is Friday, so this could change just a little mm -hmm. caveat there, but I just ran a, my Sims before the show and I'm going to have a, a, a a, a ton of them. So with Henderson and cup too, mainly as the, as the big uh, exposures for me with Stafford coming in as my third highest exposed uh, QB. What about you, Alex? Yeah, I think uh, the stack is intriguing on our top stacks tool. Uh, we have uh, the Rams at 8% ownership and 24% top stack. So even despite that, I mean, this incorporates a chance that this is a blowout and everything. So uh, we could, have, could definitely see Stafford throw for 300, even if uh, it's a, a blowout. So I don't mind stacking it up. Uh, and you got basically three stud players in Woods, Cup, and Henderson. If the team comes close to this 31-point total, one of them's probably going to have a really good game. So... Uh, this is one of our most confident spots this week. So, Alex, you know I ask this question all the time, right? Just because I feel like with, with some of these offenses, it's worth asking. And I get asked this question a lot, um, oftentimes to ask to you guys, I, how do you feel about a Henderson Cup with no Stafford? You know, what when it comes to just – because when it comes to the probability that, you know, maybe Henderson has a big game – Cup has two touchdowns, but are the, they're the only touchdowns on the game, but they lean kind of heavily on the run. So Stafford doesn't get you there. Uh, is that something that works this week for you? Yeah, I think that's it's fine. It's not something I want to target Henderson and Cup without Stafford because if they do have a really big day, Cup in particular, he's 9K. 
if he like has a huge day, it's pretty likely Stafford also performed pretty well. So having that correlation does benefit you. Um, and then uh, with Henderson as well, he, he does get some uh, receiving yards. So, uh, I mean, you're kind of hoping that the, the Rams uh, have a big day and Stafford doesn't have a big fantasy performance, which isn't the most likely scenario. So I prefer having them as one-offs if I'm not stacking it up probably, but I mean, they're both super popular too. So uh, it's not something I'm going to be going out of my way to do. All right, Brian, let me, let me formulate that question a little bit differently for you. What if it's Henderson and, and Woods without Stafford, knowing that you don't need as much out of Woods as you would from somebody like Cooper Cup at 9K? I'm over on Woods and Van Jefferson with this, okay. with this latest sim. Yeah, over the, over the field anyways. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, for me, it's all I've, – I've talked about this before. It's all just like does that – correlation outweigh the other interactions right so like if correlation doesn't is it doesn't rule everything but you know obviously if it and the rule of thumb is if it's the same amount of like fantasy points go with the correlation if you're deciding between two different combos because you know if you get a touch a touchdown lafayette if we're on the same team that means i didn't for right? sure so there is there is still some in specific circumstances negative correlation there and um, not every, not everyone is correlated the same, right? And you can see this if you do simulations, play-by-play simulations. So um, if you're just going to go with a blanket uh, correlation matrix that you could find on Google, like you know, you might it might be a little misleading. Like that run back might not be as good as you think. Gotcha. Yeah, it makes sense. It's a good way to explain it for sure. And that's what I like talking about on these shows too. If we're doing on the contrary, not just the actual plays, but, but how you're looking at them, because that's what people want to hear. Um, Alex with the five K running backs this week, it's a little murky, right? Because you have guys like Khalil Herbert, who's been really good lately. I think he's like the RB four over the, or, or sorry, he's second in, in carries over the last three weeks, Damian Williams returned from the COVID-19 list. And, he had, this dude ended up getting virtually no work because Herbert was the guy. Uh, the and, and then you have Eli Mitchell, who Trey Sermon's not getting worked in at all. Jamichael Hasty's getting a little in the passing game, but uh, Eli Mitchell's the clear guy on the ground. Then you have Miles Sanders. He did just go to the IR, by the way. He's going to be down for three weeks. So you got Kenny Gamewell, Boston Scott. They're probably going to bring Jordan Howard up. And then a guy like Michael Carter, all of them within a few hundred dollars of each other. How much is ownership playing into to how you're getting to any of these guys this week? Yeah, I mean, there's some some intriguing options. Uh, you mentioned Herbert, so let's start there. I think uh, that's a really intriguing situation where Damian Williams came back Saturday off the COVID list. He only got in practice with the team for one day before the game, and then Herbert got most of the work. So now with a full week to practice, I'm a little bit worried that the pendulum is going to sw- switch a little bit they did say herbert passed damian williams in the depth chart but i don't know if that means he's going to get most of the work or just kind of like a a slim majority so that one i feel like there's a lot of uncertainty i don't think herbert's going to be super popular they're playing the rams or sorry the 49ers this week so it's a tough matchup um you can take a shot on but i don't feel tremendously confident in herbert Okay. Yeah. I mean, Brian, you have Herbert with our projections right now, Herbert at 3%, uh, Mitchell's at like 9%. I'm assuming Gamewell's ownership is probably only going to keep coming up, especially now that Miles Sanders has been confirmed out. Uh, where are you, where are you coming in on since you've run uh, lineups uh, or simulations with these guys? Yeah. So Chicago, I have like barely anyone. I got uh Colmet, Komet and, Herbert and Robinson, but just a couple, two, three percent for all three of them. Um, and they're playing. They're playing who? San Fran. Yeah, the the Niners. Yep. Yeah, and I, so I'm I'm um I'm under on Debo by quite a bit. Interesting. And just not a whole lot of, the whole not a whole lot from that game. Let me ask you this then, then Brian, when it comes to like relatively good players on bad teams. How do you grade guys like this? Because, you know, like just the opportunity to score a touchdown is so much less with like a Michael Carter 
on that offense, even if he's getting volume. Uh, Brandon Cooks would probably be probably be another uh, good example of that. I think we could go down the list and find plenty of them. Khalil Herbert being another one. Are those guys that you know you rarely get to uh, just because they're on such bad teams? So for me, I, like I, uh, we talked about this earlier. I'm kind of the opposite of petty theft and chess is okay, where I don't want to make the decisions myself if I don't have to. Right. So I let all these interactions that I that I try to program in uh, to my simulations determine it for me so I don't have to think and I just go with it so like I really never have like very rarely do I have like some strong conviction plays or I'll or I'll adjust something just because I'm like this can't be right and so like whatever it spits out because I don't think I don't think it's possible for I mean okay maybe 0.001 percent of the population can keep all these interactions in their head and calculate it and do it and that just happens to be petty theft and chess is okay Fine. But for the majority of us, I don't think it's possible to 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 do to, to put all this in our head and be like and not like double count. Right. And like and uh, all sorts of things and be like, OK, no, this is the ideal play and this is worth it. Right. So like I, I feel like for the way I do it, the way I want to play, I have to do it through these simulations and then whatever it tells me, I, I just do. Brian, okay. let me push back on this a little bit okay. because. A simulation doesn't think for itself. It only does what you tell it to do. So, like, you have to, like, set the inputs for a simulation. So, yeah, like, you must have, like, I, like, I, I guess if you're, like, using other projections, like, maybe you wouldn't have to, like, really have uh, opinions. But, like, do you, do you, like, go off that? Or do you, like, when you make the projections, are you kind of yeah. having some personal opinions? So that that's completely, completely fair. <laughs> and that's true. So, like, even when you're making your own projections on, on individual players, like, you're making choices there that that are going to be, like, you picking a player, essentially. But I, I think it's less, less subjective, Alex, and I'm, I'm sure you agree with it. Like, looking at the past data and weather and how all these things affect um, uh, player projections, but this year is the first year where I'm not using my player projections. I'm, I'm using yours and some others and uh, kind of coming up with a little adjustments of my own um, and not using my, cause it takes, it's it, speaking of 80 hours a week, it takes a lot to maintain your database and all this stuff. And you guys, it's, it's close enough anyway, you know, to what I would have had and who knows if mine was even right which is kind of goes to your point of like, okay, you're kind of guessing anyways, but I think it's less subjective. And then when you get to the simulation part, it, it's actually even more, probably more subjective than coming up with projections because you're going to have to cut corners because you can't, you can't uh, mimic reality as much as we'd want to think we could. Right. Like, and, and even if you could Alex, right. Like my computer would explode from <laughs> processing power right so like you have to make it as um efficient as you can without losing any of the things we want to that we know for a fact matter and so like i know for a fact if i throw the ball to you there's correlation there so i know that has to show up in my simulation somehow so like that's you know that's what i do player x throws to this guy okay what does that mean let's run let's that and then also you know Coming with distributions, this is, also goes to your point. Um, I don't know if we're getting too deep into the weeds here, but coming up with distributions is another kind of subjective thing because the sample size in football is so small that does Tyreek Hill's distribution look the same as Debo Samuel's or whatever? I don't know, I'm trying to think of someone who's there would be comparable. And do we just use a blanket distribution for all these things? And these are these are subjective choices that that you're going to have to make if you want to kind of do this, this, uh, the style that I like. And by the way, if you're using those projections or want to use those awesome projections, thanks for that, Brian. Perfect segue for myself. <laughs> use the promo code on the contrary, because it'll get you 25% off your first week of awesome plus platinum ownership, boom, bust tool, top stack tool, um, player projections, of course. And Alex, you know, again, not to get too deep into the weeds here, but when, when Brian talks about simulations, I mean, you have tools that do that for people so they don't have to run them on their own. Yeah, definitely. I think simulations are a great way, like Brian is saying, where like you can, it's hard to like 
piece all these pieces of information together like just by thinking about it so it really helps to have some tools to put it in perspective so those kind of guide a lot of our tools like the the player props top stacks and the boom bust where you can get the results of our simulations and, and get the same conclusions uh just by like knowing like the percentages the probabilities the odds that guy's gonna to be in the winning lineup so that really helps inform your decisions for your lineups is it fair to say that a new tagline should be, you know, become an awesome a plus member and no longer spend 80 hours a week on research? <laughs> that, dude, that was actually well, like <laughs> the idea behind the site, because like at these live finals, people would come up, they'd be like, I want to do what you do, but I have like a family, I have a job. Yeah. Like, they, most people don't have 80 hours to devote <laughs> to fantasy. Funny as it turns out. <laughs> You're going to be marketing to an audience of two, though, so I'm not sure you yeah, right. <laughs> So what we need to do is convince everyone that to be successful, it takes 80 hours a week right. on your own, right? <laughs> and then be like, hey, if you're successful, but you, you want to have your life back, <laughs> we can expedite the process. That'll work. Brian, is that a six-string bass back there? Um, no, that's a acoustic oh, that's guitar. An acoustic. And, uh, it, from here, it looks like you've got it looks like there's knobs on the back end of the neck, like a six string would have. No, because it's a fa it's a Fender acoustic, so it's it's not on both sides. It's yeah, gotcha. Okay. Any good? Um, I used to be a guitar teacher when I was younger. Really? Um, I got in a car accident, ripped my thumb off, and then uh, <laughs> so it's like yeah. all it's all seized up right here. Like I can't bend it. Ah. Uh, but I, I lost the bug anyways. Like I I wasn't uh, and I was. Didn't care anymore. So I haven't played guitar in like 15 years. That's crazy. I have mine hanging up on the wall in the basement too. I look at it often. You know, I, just, <laughs> I, just, I, I take it down once in a while. I play electric, but yeah, you're right. Once you lose it, it's tough to get it back, man. It really is. Dude, well, I can get it back. <laughs> I can get it back. I think. No, the passion. I mean, passion. Got gotcha. or your thumb. <laughs> My thumb. Yeah, that's that's the tough part. Dude, you're such a man of mystery. Like we learn a little bit about you on every show. I know. He, like this guy also used to work in like politics, like oh, for yeah. the like Illinois. Uh, like I remember you saying you worked with some politicians or something. I did. Yeah, I worked. Don't say uh, who. We'll leave. Ha we'll lose half of our ownership. <laughs> our viewership. Yeah. Viewership. Yeah. Well, it's Illinois, so of course you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Chicago, especially, but yeah. But I have no affiliation anymore. So, gotcha. Yeah, I'm just watching like the viewership plummet <laughs> one way or the other. All right, let's let's get back on track here. Um, Alex, I, one thing I was wondering about, and, and I think it's this actually speaks to what Brian was talking about and what you talk about often, and what our tools kind of do for you. I'm honestly not trying to shill, but I I, I feel like there is an element of of like overthinking things and I say paralysis by over analysis when it comes to good offenses going up against good defenses. And a lot of times there's just this assumption that the good defense is always going to win out. You know, you hear it all the time. Like, man, I don't want to play them against this team. That's a great defense. And then ownership is really low. What are you doing with a team? Like say a perfect example this week, I think is bucks and saints because the saints have a good pass rush. They have a good secondary that's getting help. The team's getting healthy. Their run defense is super stout. But then you've got the Bucs on the other side that even without Antonio Brown, they're just an electric offense that is essentially lit up almost every team they face. So how do you come to like how do you approach a scenario like this with a really good offense and a really good defense, especially if ownership is low on that offense? Yeah, I think uh, the thing we got to look at is kind of what you're saying, where the, the defense matters a little bit. But the, the Bucs have a team total of 27 this week. That's only three points lower than most weeks. So let's not get too scared off by that. Antonio Brown being out actually helps in fantasy a, a decent amount. I think he's doubtful now, but same point is that uh, that consolidates uh, production among fewer players. So those players are going to be better fantasy plays. So I think that the Bucs uh, – they're definitely a stack that I'm taking a close look at this week. Our top stack as well as 5% ownership, 8% top stack, so that we get some leverage there. And uh, the other thing I love about the Bucks is their passing rate. If you go to our advanced stats tool, you can find that for every team, but they have one of the highest passing rates in the league, 65% of the time. 
that just gives you that upside where if they pass the ball even more than normal, you could have a killer week. Uh, same thing to you, Brian. What do you do when you get situations like this? I mean, I know I essentially know what you're going to say and because you've kind of already explained it. Right. But um, uh, is there anything to add to that? Um, you know, it, it, it's interesting looking after I run it and then maybe, you know, rationalizing it. And let me let me kind of just answer a little more broadly then. So like, OK, what I said is the way I do it. But then let you're sitting there at home and you're like, OK, like I'm not going to be doing that. Like I'm not spending time learning simulations and statistics and all this stuff, which is, by the way, a completely reasonable thing to do. I mean, this stuff, a lot of people don't like doing this stuff. So you do you do actually do have to use these game theory ideas and analogies. Just recognize that like you you are rationalizing here to a certain extent. It's subjective. Make sure you're not double counting. But like, okay, we know there's correlations. And if I'm going to, and if I have between, if I'm, I have a 2v2 for this lineup and one's correlated and one's not, and the points are about the same, then go with the correlation. Now you, you're not doing all the research to know if that actually was the best move, but you, you only can use the tools you have. And so the tools you have are these game theory ideas. And so with this Tampa game, I have a lot of, um, I have a lot of Godwin um, and he's, and it looks like he's more so a one-off. Okay. So I don't know what you guys, the, the experts who, who talk about sports all the time would say that that means, but <laughs> um, in the, the New Orleans uh, side, they're playing New Orleans, right? Yep. Yeah. Tampa, that, New Orleans. That has my fade. Actually. I think we're doing a, a fade at the end of the game. Keep uh, it for so. the end. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Alvin Kamara, because nobody else you're fading on New Orleans anyway. Yeah, well, I guess. <laughs> Are you fading big... Marquez Cowa? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my big fade of the week is Adam Troutman. All right. <laughs> I'm coming in hot. On him. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right, though. Like, a lot of people don't want to do that stuff. Or you're like me and you're not smart enough to do that stuff, right? There's people out there like that as well that just – it's, it's, it's too much. And that's why the tools are, are, are so important to someone mm -hmm. like myself, because I understand the tools and how to use the tools, how to put those tools together. No, I'm an idiot. Like there's no way in hell. So yeah, that, that's, that's what it all comes down to. Uh, but Alex, um, are there any spots in this game that you really like from Tampa? Because right now Godwin's getting a lot, a decent amount of ownership, but you know, how often, I, I, how many shows have you and I done together where it's like, so many people in chat and, and I get it, but so many people worried about the one-on-one -on -one wide receiver cornerback matchup. And then it ends up not meaning anything because it's not shadow coverage anyway, or the wide receiver and the quarterback are just really good, you know, or there's busted coverage, a million different things or the, the corner falls. Like there's so many factors that go into, if you always fade a really good receiver against a good corner, it, it's probably not always going to work for you. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that will frustrate you if you go purely on matchups is that the, you have the perfect matchup and then the bad cornerback, like, commits pass interference or something. You right. get nothing for it. So, right. uh, like, I don't know if there's that strong correlation between production and, and cornerback coverage. Uh, definitely something that is fun to look at. But I think the overall team matchup probably matters more. The Godwin price is just way too low this week. So at 6,400 on, on DraftKings, I think that he, he makes a lot of sense. Um, but that's not to diminish Fournette and Evans. Or they're definitely uh, pretty strong options this week as well. Uh, I think my main play here is just the Brady stack because I feel like um, because of the passing rate, that just gives you a ton of upside that, that some teams that are more run-heavy don't have. So, I guess we could talk about this Bills game a little bit too. Uh, before we do, let me shout out Prize Picks. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal site, phenomenal app. Uh, it's awesome. We've been we've been throwing out our picks on this all the time recently. And if you haven't signed up yet, I'm going to tell you what it is. But when you do, after I tell you this, be sure to use the promo code AWESOMO. Up to a hundred dollar deposit bonus, first time deposit bonus when you sign up for the first time. A-W-E-S-E-M-O. So here's what makes prize picks cool. Number one, player prop based contest. You're making lineups, so two, three, four, or five prop lineups uh, with no juice on either side of these, right? It's the over or the under. Very simple, okay? Now, the difference is with the traditional books, if you have like a five-leg parlay, 
and you hit four of them and then you get beat up because you had this big money line favor going into the late slate, uh, going into Sunday night football and they get smoked. They lose outright. And there your parlay is, is gone. You win nothing, not on prize picks. If you get four or five or you even hit three or five, you can make money or at least make your money back. That's a huge way to not lose everything, right? If you hit all five, you get up to 10x your, your, your entry fee, or you could just play a two-player lineup or three or four or five. It doesn't matter. You got football, basketball, baseball, hockey. Shit, you have cricket and, and disc golf last time I looked. I mean, they literally have anything over there, and you can mix all of those sports into one lineup if you're well-versed in more than one. So check it out. Prize picks. Download the app in the App Store, Google Play Store, Ugo uh, to prizepicks.com. Uh, I think you'll thoroughly enjoy it over there. No MME, no Sharks, no mass entry, anything like that. Alex, hit me with one for Sunday's slate of games. Yeah, so one that I'm liking for Sunday, I, I guess I always like this prop for some reason, but the Jared Goff under, uh, I think he can barely cover last year, look at the over, but I just feel like the Lions passing offense is bad. They run at a pretty high rate, actually, in neutral situations. The problem is they've been down in games so much that it makes them look like they pass more than they do. But in base situations, they run 46% of the time, which is one of the highest marks in the NFL, uh, save teams with a rushing quarterback. So I just feel like uh, Goff's over-unders are set based on the two-date pass ratio, and that's just projecting way too many passes. I, I take the, all the unders on Goff. Love it. You know I'm going right back to the well with the touchdown props. Uh, you can use our tools, too. They're free. Our player prop tools at Awesome Mode to help you out. But uh, Or compare it to a traditional book. DraftKings has Dalvin Cook to score at minus 150. Uh, there's no juice here. Just yes or no. Over a half touchdown. So will he score against Dallas this week with no Dak Prescott? Shit. I mean, seriously, that, that seems like a, a wonderful bet, if you ask me. They're not going to be able to move the football in Dallas. And if that's the case, Dalvin Cook's going to run it down their throat, juiced heavy to the over everywhere else. But here, it's just over or under half a touchdown. So check it out. Use that promo code AWESEMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O. Get up to $100 when you sign up and deposit for the first time. All right, Brian, back to you. Bill's in Miami here. This is one of the most fascinating games of the week to, to me, and I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where you're coming in on it because they're 14-point favorites at home, right? Uh, 31 and a half total is the highest of any team on this slate, but they are very passive. I mean, they spread the ball around Allen and Diggs are pretty expensive. They're not getting insane ownership though, but then you got some of the cheap guys with pretty low ownership, whether it be Beasley, um, Emmanuel Sanders. It looks like Tommy Sweeney is going to be the starting tight end this week with Dawson Knox out. What do you do with Buffalo with such a monster total against the bad defense? It's, yeah, you know, it's interesting you said that. It's what it's showing here is, um, at least on Friday so far, is we're going to have some Allen, like 7%, so slightly under. That's not crazy for QB. But it's actually going more with the Sanders-Beasley. That's what I like, too. That's what, yeah, I just heard you say that. And this is confirming your your bias there. So um, it looks something similar. And I'm kind of going through the individual lineups, too. And it has – this is another thing I like about – about simulations is you could kind of, you know, it is a little subjective, like Alex was saying, but test um, no stacks at all. So um, like when is Lamar Jackson a good time to, you know, throw him in there to win a GPP without a stack and Allen, he doesn't run as much, right. Uh, as he did the year before, a couple of years ago, but he could still, you know, rush a couple in and, you know, take some of those, wide receiver TDs sure. himself. And so, so I actually, it looks like I have a couple, a couple solo Allen's too. Yeah. I don't hate that at all. Especially, especially Brian, if, and I know like we talk a lot about correlation and Alex, I want to get your take on this too, but <laughs> like, what about the, the, like, if you're playing for the fact that yes, he's a Russian quarterback, but he also spreads the ball around the ton. So I, I guess there's very much the possibility that, you know, one goes here, one goes here, one goes there. He runs one in, throws for over 300 yards, but no one has a huge game. Like, how do you factor that into the process, if that makes sense? Yeah, that was me? Yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, this is this is a really good point, Luffy. Yeah, uh, the consolidated uh, distribution of targets versus, like, a wide distribution of targets. 
So this is kind of going back when I first, when the show first started of uh, uh, when, you know, not all correlation is equal, right? So if you had, if you can find that, that closer uh, consolidated distribution of targets, like those wide receivers are not going to match up to the correlation matrix you find on Google. It's going to be much higher, right? It's not going to be whatever, 0.38 or something. It'll be like 0.5 or 6, or if it's Michael Thomas back in the day, you know, which is Cooper Cup is kind of seems like he's turning into that now. Yeah. Um, not all cor- not not all correlations are equal. So yeah, definitely if if you if you see someone who's spread out like this, you could kind of if we're doing all this in our head, maybe bump down that correlation in your head consciously a little bit. It might not be the worst idea. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right, Alex, where you have these, we talk about it often where you've got like these super heavily concentrated offenses. And then you've got offenses where if you're stacking them like Arizona, Tampa Bay, Buffalo, of course you have your Evans or you have your Stefan Diggs. Like you still have your, your alpha on those teams, but it's not as pronounced as other spots because the quarterback in the offense just runs so smoothly. Like, what is your process for that? Do you just spray for like, do you just spray and hope that you hit the right one or will you run some solo Allen lineups and, and hope that he can do what Brian was just talking about? Yeah, it's definitely possible, but uh, I generally would consider not stacking if I don't like the other plays on the team. Uh but that's not the case this week. I think that Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, and Diggs are, are very good options. I mean, uh, Buffalo is a big favorite in this one. Uh, partly Miami's uh, going to Buffalo, which is a bad weather shift, and they haven't been good to begin with. And then you also um, – <clears throat> Buffalo's defense is tough. But Miami, I feel like they, they aren't going to be mincemeat in this one. Devontae Parker is coming back. Jasicki's a viable tight end play and Waddle. So I, I feel like uh, a game stack has some potential here. Uh, so with the, the Buffalo guys, the main thing I look at is uh, they run the ball about 40%. That's a lot of passing volume. We don't know exactly if it's going to go to Diggs, Sanders, or Beasley, but that, that also makes your stack a little bit more unique where uh, a good comparison would be with Cooper Cup or I guess, I guess uh, Devontae Adams is a good example where he has such a big target share that it makes it harder to build a stack without Devontae Adams. So what that means is like all the Aaron Rodgers lineups have Devontae Adams. That's like a higher ownership pairing where like if you have Josh Allen, you can take one or two of these three guys. And even if Josh Allen's higher owned, that combination of players could be lower owned. So uh, I think having more targets actually is an, like the advantage of having a lower own combination negates any disadvantage of not knowing who's going to go to. Where are you going to get more insightful information than these fellas right here? Hit that <laughs> thumbs up. Get us to 100. We're over 300 watching right now. If you haven't hit it yet, it helps us a ton. Appreciate you in advance because I know you won't let me down. Uh, Brian, with Detroit and Philadelphia, it, we're really just looking. Oh, I did want to ask you something. Uh, are there any runback options that you're getting uh, a decent amount of with Miami against Buffalo or Houston against the Rams? No, I have a, a G, uh, Gieski. Is that how you pronounce his name? Um, uh, Gajeski. Gajeski. Uh, Wait, no, that's no, no, no. That's, not, no, that's, yeah, that's, that's your, my co-host, uh, Mike Gasecki. Mike Gasecki. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Not, just not a whole lot of Miami there. <laughs> Alex, what about you? I'm so I'm, I ever since we had Brian, I, Matt Gajeski was on a show with Alex <laughs> Brown yesterday, uh, former defensive end for the for the Bears, and he sure. was on the he was on the team with the Super uh, where they went to the Super Bowl, and I was like, Matt, you're a you're a, a Brown uh, Lions, goddamn, you're a Bears fan. He's like, yeah. I was like, I didn't expect you to be a guy that roots for teams. He's like, well, I really like that Hester Super Bowl team. And AB's jaw just goes again. That's <laughs> like, it's the first person I thought of. He's like, well, I'm on the show and you didn't think of me. So Gajeski's stuck in my head for right now. But uh, <laughs> Alex, any run back options for you? Yeah, it's awesome having Alex Brown on the show. So he just offers such a, a unique perspective. So oh, it's great. Yeah. Um. I, I like Miami as a stack or a run back this week. They, they run the ball I, at a low rate. So, uh, I mean, their efficiency hasn't been good. It's been all of a sub seven yards per attempt. 
probably not going to change in the matchup versus Buffalo, but the ownership is pretty low on this one. Uh, we have Miami, two is 1.4% in our projected ownership. And, uh, I mean, I, I think everyone's not going to have any confidence given Deshaun Watson rumors have been, like, hovering around the Dolphins, like, for the last month. But the the receivers aren't terrible. He got three reasonable fantasy plays in Parker Waddle and Jasicki. So I might uh, take a chance there. What about this uh, this Lions and, and Eagles game, Alex? I mean, shit, I, I think you could be looking at a spot where the Lions just win this outright. It wouldn't be a surprise at all. It's only a three-point spread, but that's besides the point. I, I guess the question is, when you look at Swift's ownership and then you look at this backfield for Philly, which right now is really in flux with Sanders going on to the IR, and then Jalen Hurts, who is the garbage time king right now. He really is. He's like a reincarnation of Blake Bortles uh, playing for the Eagles. I, how are, cause it does have like legitimate shootout vibes, but it could also be one of those games that ends up 13, 10 and you go, yeah, why didn't I see that coming? These teams suck, you know? So I, I don't, I don't know how you're approaching it, but I think it'd be pretty helpful for people to hear it from both of you guys. For sure. Yeah. I mean, this game, you got two weak teams going up against each other. Uh, sorry, sorry, Lafay. I know you're an Eagles fan, but oh, listen, I, I'm a pessimist. <laughs> you know that, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a realist. Yeah. My eye test is telling me like the Eagles can't stop anyone, but yeah. the numbers don't look horrible uh, for them defensively. But Detroit, uh, it, this should be a spot where they'll have more success. Everyone's going to be going to Swift because he had a huge week last week. He's been one of the highest fantasy producers so far this year. And I have to admit, he looks like the only guy that's really priced reasonably on the lines. You got their number one wide receiver, Cleef Raymond. He's like 5,300 on DraftKings this week. Maybe on Yahoo at 13, you can go for him. But uh, yeah, I think they're just priced up a lot and it's a run heavy team. So I don't think I'm going to stack it, but, but Swift looks, uh, looks like a reasonable play despite the ownership. Brian, what are your thoughts on this game? You know, um, kind of circling back to the last one and bringing this one in when you ask like, like what's like, how, how much run backs do you have and how many stacks do you have? It's kind of hard to answer. Like, well, I'm only making 150 lineups. So if I have, you know, 7%, um, of, uh, you know, a quarterback, whatever. Uh, so I actually, I have a lot of Hertz, but let's just say I didn't, let's say I had like 7% Hertz. It's like, okay, how many, how many of those few lineups are going to be bringbacks and shouldn't be bringbacks? So like, yeah, I'm going to have a couple for sure. But I, I agree with Alex. It's looking like it's not going to do much more than Swift on the bringback options here for Detroit. I have more of this uh, Amon Ra St. Brown fella, Khalif <laughs> uh, Raymond. So uh, I don't know what that tells you, but I, I mean, I have a lot of the uh, Hertz Goddard connection too. So brother of Equinemius St. Brown. That's well. right. Yes, sir. Uh, how much Hertz do you have right now? 20, 21%. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. What are your, uh, you talked about it a little bit, but uh, what are your pairings with him ma- mainly? Yeah. Goddard um, and Devante Smith mainly. Do you have a lot um, of naked hurts? And then I, you know, I can't count how many naked ones I have. Gotcha. Okay. Right off the top of my head, but, um, uh, and gate and Gainwell, is there some question mark there for the yards in the backfield? So it's basically like this, right? Last week after Sanders went down, Gamewell got 60% of the snaps, but Boston Scott got 40%, uh, had seven carries, Gamewell had five. Scott had two goal line carries, though, and Gamewell was more involved in the passing game, and, they might, and they're probably bringing Jordan Howard up from the practice squad. So all of that is a long-winded way of saying it's kind of a mess. Okay. Yeah. So that- but Gamewell would be the top option there because of his pass-catching ability. That's what I have right right now. And this is why when you're doing a Friday show, like they can look a lot different come Sunday. So, and, and, you know, that's a good thing about football is it's so popular. The markets get really, really sharp by Sunday. Absolutely. And you could be pretty sure that uh, whatever information you're getting, like is going to be pretty close to the mark. We're going to know, you know, within reasonable, uh, within reasonable accuracy, what's going to be going on 
in almost all the games by Sunday. And so that could change. Yeah, that's a great point, too. And that's why you see all the casuals betting sides like an hour before kickoff. Yeah, you're just you're just throwing money away. Yeah, right. You're flipping a coin, really. That's all you're doing. Well, and, losing, and losing. Exactly, yeah. That's exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm saying you'll win 50% of the time, but you'll actually lose. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Alex, uh, let's close it out with this one before we get to our top pivots, fades, and favorite bet of the week over there on Odd Shopper, which you should definitely check out. I'll tell you why in a second. You wanted to talk about Panthers and Falcons, and, and I'm glad because, dude, Robbie Anderson, anyone that's seen any shows I've done this week would know he's seventh in targets over the last four weeks and 76th in yards. The fact that that's even possible, right? He's the wide receiver 56. He has a 25% target share on his own team, averaging like almost 10 targets per game. And he's the wide receiver 56, 76 in yards. I, for someone that's, you know, with the analytics and, and, and data driven as you are and can kind of see the forest for the trees, how do you look at a situation like this? Do you say, I have to keep attacking this volume? Or do you just say, like, the volume's there, but they're bad targets? Well, I think that's a great example because I feel like uh, targets have a lot more consistency than production, where uh, it's harder to look at guys' efficiency throughout the year. Uh, Robbie Anderson's is particularly bad, 18 out of 49 catches. Uh, but... I feel like that's not as reliable as the number of targets. He's been out there 91% of the time, only targeted 15%. So that's not, it's not great, but I think that uh, he's someone to buy low on just because uh, the efficiency has been horrible as far as how his catch percentage, but it's such an outlier that unless he's just a totally terrible player, that's, he's going to be a lot better than he has been. So uh, I think this Carolina stack as a whole is a buy low for me. Darnold's been pretty rough this year, 6.8 yards per attempt, got benched last week. But Atlanta, there's two advantages. Their defense isn't particularly good. Um, and the other advantage is that they throw the ball a lot, so that, that creates shootout potential. So I think this one, even though the, the over-under is not super high, maybe this will be one of the more overlooked games. Tyler, do I have to be out? Do I have a hard out of 55 or can we go to 12? I think we're good till 12, right? All right. Brian, close out the games discussion here with, with Carolina and, 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 uh, and Atlanta. And tell me where you're going with Cordero Patterson. This guy has been crazy unpredictable yeah. this year. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of opposite actually of Alex right now on Carolina. I'm, I'm, I'm over on the, you know, important players, Donald Anderson, Hubbard and more. Okay. Uh, I, I was over too. Yeah. Oh, you were. I thought you said you were. You you were. You didn't like it. I'm sorry. Um, Atlanta. And Atlanta. Uh, I'm even with Patterson. I mean, what a mess. Like, the, <laughs> I, I'm just thinking of my fantasy. My season long, I have I have Mike Davis. My first pick was McCaffrey, and I've and I've Ridley too. So he's done nothing, and I have a decent <laughs> amount of Ridley here. And I'm assuming I can, I'm not looking at the stacks, but I'm assuming Ridley's going to be a, a big part of those bringbacks. All right, so let, let's have some some fun with this one. Brian, we'll go to you as our guest of honor. Again, before we head out, at Brian Hooper underscore underscore on Twitter, brick75.com. Throw that in the throw that in the lower, uh, Tyler, for me, since uh, it's there's no K in there. And then the Lulz podcast, L-O-L-Z with Pete Overzay. Check out everything uh, Brian's doing. He's do, doing some great stuff in the industry. Um, and follow uh, Alex while you're at it. Awesome. ODFS myself, Lafayette underscore D hit us all up. Why not? Brian favorite fade and favorite pivot for the week of eight. Okay. Well, I, I uh, already, I already gave away my fade. I'm, I'm, I'm looking yeah. at fading Kamara. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't seem like you guys hate, hate that one. And what are we defining as a pivot here? Uh, it doesn't have to necessarily be a pivot off of Camara, but somebody that's low owned that you're getting considerably more uh, than the field right now. Okay. And I know it's Friday, but you know, I gotcha. Um, let's see. That one's not sexy. I got, I got a, a couple I could throw out that shoot that aren't super owned. like Dan Arnold tight end. I'm over on and uh, 
Michael Carter, RB. We didn't get to talk about him. I like Michael Carter this week. The volume should be oh. there. So, yeah. Yeah. If it stays at 6%, anyways, ownership. Yeah, exactly. Alex, what about you? So, my fate is Gainwell. I feel like uh, he's most likely going to get a little bit more work with Miles Sanders out. But uh, you did have Boston Scott sliding in there. I, I just fear that Gainwell is more of a guy they're going to continue using in this pass catching change of pace role while Jordan Howard will be the kind of the power runner and Boston Scott will also get some carries. So I feel like he's pretty iffy. Um, my pivot, this one's totally off the board, but 0.6% owned right now, Rashad Penny. Now, <laughs> yeah, he's 4k, the minimum price. So that really opens up the rest of your lineup. He got, uh, he ran routes on 38% of dropbacks last week for Seattle. He got some carries, uh, but I feel Alex Collins' health has been kind of iffy. Uh, DJ Dallas and Travis Homer uh, didn't play that much last week. So I feel like he's got enough workload to to get there at 4K. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, this might be a little bit off the board, I have to admit. Yeah, I mean, just, just a little bit. <laughs> it's a little crazy. I, I could appreciate it. Uh, I'll go – I like the the Camara fade, uh, but I'm going to go with Gainwell. Not fully, obviously fully fading, but I, I do think if his ownership continues to come up, uh, there are a lot of mouths to feed in that backfield. And we already learned that Sirianni's a dummy. And I don't really know how he's going to use these guys. If he's going to abandon the run and use Boston Scott in the passing game, I'm going to go to a, a much lesser owned Khalil Herbert, who might not have as good of a matchup, but is averaging over 20 touches per game over the last three weeks. So I'll take the volume there with Herbert uh, at essentially the same price. All right, Brian, favorite bet. What do we have for week eight? Uh, not a, a sexy one. And hopefully I did. So I do um, price props on my site for free. If people want to go check it out. And I got uh, Donald Parnum Jr. Receptions and yards. Receptions a little more, both unders. If it's yeah. still there, if it, so it was one point, it was 1.5. Uh, over was minus one thirty, under was one hundred. So if it's still there, that's what I priced it at. Man, that, I swear we did not coordinate this, but that's wonderful because oddshopper.com. I was looking at it. I sorted by expected win rate, and uh, Don, Donald Parham, Alex, the expected win rate on his under receiving yards and under receptions, both two of the three highest, actually the first and third highest expected win rate of any prop on Sunday slate. Yeah. Uh, for a backup tight end, 14.5 uh, is pretty high. So like that, uh, he's only been running routes on about a third of plays, only targeted on 10% of those. So that's a nice one. Uh, for mine, uh, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but I feel like the, the Lions, uh, people are just forecasting them to pass a lot more than they do. So I feel like going to any unders on Lions players is going to be, uh, as far as the receiving, is going to be a winning bet. Right now, there aren't a ton on the board, so I'm just going to stick with that golf under of 265. We have them projected for 238. Love it. And uh, you see Shopper up there right now. If you click on Shop NFL, you'll see all of this. Sort by your state, of course. You can filter by expected win rate, expected ROI, using our projections uh, to give you the best bets. And not only that, not only is it like two clicks and you're in super easy, but if you look down there below the name, you'll see where the best bet is. So if you wanted to take that under two, uh, two, one and a half receptions on Donald Palm, you could get it at DraftKings for even money. Uh, under receiving yards right now, it's at 14 and a half. DraftKings has the best one there. There's a, It's just the, the easiest way to bet right now. Check it out. It's totally free as well. Uh, I'll close this one out. Give me... Uh, Dalvin, or no, you know what? Where did it go? There it is. There it is. Jared Cook under 263 and a half passing yards. We have it over an 70% expected win rate. He has done this. He has over this once in the past six games, and it was 268, but that's that's besides the point. Philly, one thing they do relatively well is that pass rush, but their run defense, you, they, they've been awful lately, and I don't think Goff is going to be in a situation where he's forced to throw, given how bad their offense has been, so I think this will be a relatively conservative game script and, and approach for them. 
they'll they'll they'll, they'll look to lean on Jamal Williams and, and DeAndre Swift and you'll see a, a kind of pedestrian passing game for Jared Goff. So give me that under 263 and a half passing yards. That'll do it for us. Thanks as always for hanging out. Hit up Brian again at Brian Hooper underscore underscore bio. You can see all of his stuff. If I, if you missed me saying it earlier, Alex at awesome ODFS enjoy Miami brother Thanks. and myself at Lafay underscore D shout out to Tyler Zander for producing this show. And don't forget, we got plenty of content coming up throughout the day. Next up on the list, we got the NFL strategy top stack show with Greg and Gundacker. We'll catch you <laughs> back here for the next one. Peace.